there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm here with my co-host Ashvin, and today we're talking about Tales of Halloween from 2015. This is an anthology film with 10 different segments done by different directors, so I won't name all of them. It is starring Adrian Barbeau, Kier Gilchrist, Ben Wolf, Lynn Shea, Pollyanna McIntosh, and many, many others. And this is in keeping with our October theme of movies that take place on Halloween. And Ashvin, I think since this is an anthology that takes place on Halloween, it's going to be hard for us not to compare it head to head with Trick or Treat as we go. Yeah, no, good point. And uh, do these come out uh, this around the same time? Uh, Trick or Treat came out, what was that, 2007? 2000? I already forget. Oh, I didn't realize Trick or Treat was that old. Yeah, okay. So this is a lot more of a recent one then. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you and I both felt like we didn't really understand why the horror community was so in love with Trick or Treat. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the whole thing with anthologies is, is really interesting because a lot of them, like, the horror community loves and, and really embrace, um, but it just seems so against, you know, what makes a horror movie good a lot of the times is, you know, the, 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 the length of a story and really getting involved in the characters and stuff, and that's so hard to do in an anthology. So it surprises me that the horror community loves these types of movies. I think that the horror community loves them just because they're fun and they, like, give you all the goods Oh, pretty yeah. quickly and you can kind of like pack more into it almost yeah it's like <laughs> i was gonna say there's a good uh, your mom joke in there but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh boy yeah <laughs> off to a great start yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. <laughs> there are a lot of fun. You can pack a lot into it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can, you can jam a lot of good stuff into these. Um, yeah. But they're never going to be like an exorcist or the shining, like this deep, yeah. like cerebral horror movie. But uh, I think they're a lot of fun. They can be a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. I think this one was a lot of fun. For sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, and, and we've seen like, how many anthologies have we seen now? Um, we're racking them up. There's still quite a few that we haven't seen that, uh, mm-hmm. I've found on some lists. Some of, there's some older ones we're missing out on. Yeah. But yeah. we've seen the VHSs, Southbound, Creepshow. I think your favorite, uh, a Christmas, uh, God, what, a Christmas, what was that called? A Christmas Horror Story. Oh yeah, Christmas Horror Story. <laughs> Boy, did I hate that one. Yeah. <laughs> this one shares some common themes with that one because it is it all takes place in the same town and the narrator is a radio announcer. Mm-hmm. Southbound had the same thing going for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like the aspect of it all taking place in the same town. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think Trick or Treat, when they did that, it was interesting because the stories kind of ran into each other, but not so much in this one, right? The stories do not really run into each other on this one, which is okay. They get like little mentions or nods here and there. Mm-hmm. Like the trick-or-treaters in one sketch were all from other segments. Mm-hmm. And in the very end segment, they kind of mention all the horrible things that have been happening around town that night. Right. Mm-hmm. And they take off some of the plots from these segments but yeah it it doesn't really intersect as much and to be honest that was something i felt like they worked hard on in trick-or-treat that was cool but i would have rather had them focus on the individual stories more sure sure yeah it was kind of a in trick-or-treat like towards the end they kind of show it all come together which i thought was really interesting and like as a twist at the end um and this one i was kind of expecting and they did try to do that to some extent to your point um but not not as blatant yeah, and I mean, every story was directed by a different director, so I don't think it's going to be quite as easy to to do that. Um, do you have a favorite anthology that we've seen so far? Uh, Creepshow. Yeah, me too. I feel like that's kind of a gold standard. Yeah, agreed. Anthologies. Yeah. Um, Aside from all those lists we found that put Trick or Treat at number one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what those lists are doing. Um, but this one, though, also, there there were 10 stories in there, which is way more than any of the other ones. Yeah, that's a lot. 
slots back in. Yeah. I, I, I didn't go into this expecting a lot just cause I was like, how can you make 10 stories? I know. Work. Yeah. In, and in I, like I can't remember the runtime, but it was, I think it was still only like an hour and 40 minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel too long. Yeah. Yeah. The average length of each must've been like, yeah, five to 10 minutes or yeah, maybe around 10 minutes each. Probably. Yeah. And there's definitely like some shorter ones too, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a collection of 10 short segments that all take place in the same night, Halloween night and anthology, definitely horror comedy. Yeah. I feel like we're running into that term a lot. And I, I gotta be honest in this one, like some of them hit on the comedic element, but th- there are some that didn't really, did, did you feel like the sense of comedy was like consistent throughout? No, and I don't think it was meant to be, but I think enough of them were comedic in the overall tone of the whole film was comedic enough that I I know we've talked about that before where we see stuff labeled as horror comedy that really isn't funny, but I I think this one fits. Really? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, maybe, maybe I missed a lot of the jokes. Um, were there like funny jokes or were these like, Oh, like kind of absurdist? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Like there's some like over the top gore, like it's a little bit splatter humor kind of. Yeah. And there's definitely, it's a little bit just tongue in cheek a lot of times. Sure. I think the comedy starts happening more towards the second half. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, and we, I guess it. Yep. Yeah. Definitely a gory movie. Yeah. I, I mean the, the, the budget, I mean, I, I feel like they put a lot of production and value into the, like the gore. That's seems like where a lot of the budget went. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how much cameos not really cameos but a lot of the actors uh were kind of big names in horror really yeah so adrian barbeau who is the radio announcer is john carpenter's ex-wife she was in the fog she was in creep show wow okay and then keir gilchrist from the uh it was called the week in the wicked about those bullies in the alley Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he was from It Follows. Uh, who's seen It Follows? One of the kids. Yeah, he was uh, the the dude of the like four characters. Oh okay. Yeah, Paul. Wow. Yeah. Um, not, he's not like a huge name in horror, but um, let's see who mm-hmm. else. Barbara Crampton was in the Grim Grinner one. She was from Reanimator, You're Next, and like a ton of other horror movies. She was the main actress in that one. No, she just did like a quick cameo. Oh, okay. And then Lynn Shay, she's from Insidious, Ouija, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And who else? Oh, John Landis, the director of American Werewolf in London, was the kidnapped kid's dad in one of the sketches. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. And Joe Dante, the director of Gremlins and the Howling, was in the final segment. Uh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is a who's who of the horror film. Well, yeah, and I don't know if they really have to pay. Like, is John Landis commanding a big check for his brief appearance, or is he just doing it for fun? <laughs> Who is he in that last one? Uh, so John Landis was the kidnapped kid's dad, but then Joe Dante in oh, the okay. bad seat. I think he was, like, the dude who lets them into the warehouse. Oh, okay. Got at it. the end? I'm not totally yeah. sure. Okay. So so not like pivotal characters or anything. Yeah. And then um, Ben Wolf played the demon boy mm-hmm. in that kidnapped one, I think. Oh, okay. um, and, and he was in American Horror Story and Insidious. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a yeah. little person. He's got like pituitary dwarfism. Wow. Okay. And he sadly, I don't know if you watched the credits, but at the end of the credits, they like dedicated it to him. Oh, no kidding. He passed yeah, away. Yeah, he died shortly afterwards. He got hit by a car. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Pretty rough. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Was this, was this his last movie then? Yeah, it was. Yikes. Yeah. It, uh, it sounded pretty rough. He like got clipped by the mirror and it hit him in the head since that's about his height. Yeah, and then I think yep. he died in the hospital later. Oh man, yeah, that's too bad. What a legacy to go out on. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie to be your last. Yeah, yeah. The only name that I recognize, so I didn't know any of those people, uh, but the only name I did recognize was the director for the last one is the director from The Descent, which was a really good movie. Um, yeah. Neil something, right? Yeah, Neil Marshall. Right. He did Dog Soldiers too, which I think was like an action horror type thing. I've never seen that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. I've never heard of it. Yeah, some of these other directors did um, did some horror movies too. Some big, some small. Excel uh, Carolyn, who did The Grim Grinning Ghost, directed The Descent Part 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then the two dudes who did This Means War, one of them directed the documentary Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, is that's a good documentary actually. Um and then the other one wrote the screenplay for Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, these guys have a lot of like a, a good amount of credibility behind them. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's cool. This was just like a collection of horror folks and Yeah. Just adds a little bit more fun to what was already a pretty fun movie to me. Yeah, I don't know, it just really surprises me, because, I don't know, when I, when I watched it, we can talk more about it later, but I, I felt like it was written by a bunch of rookies, and it's, it's really surprising to hear that it's it's people who have, like, been involved with all these other horror projects. Um, I, I I don't know, maybe it's just, like, them, like, having a good time and dialing it down into, like, a short format, but... Yeah, um, I think yeah. that's what it is, and I think some of them, some of the bigger names did some of the better sketches, I think. yeah. Okay. But I don't know why I keep calling the sketches. Like, yeah, well, we'll talk more about it. And some of them are just meant to be short and kind of funny and entertaining and then be over and done. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, they're not all supposed to hit it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this one just had a limited theatrical release and then went to video on demand. Yeah. Yeah. It's been on Netflix, I think, for a while. I feel like I tried to watch this uh, a few, like a year ago, maybe, and I, and I and I got through some of it. But um, had you had you heard about it before? Yeah, I'd seen it on Netflix quite a bit, and I just never really dug into it. I wish I had. Well, I'm glad we did now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, any other background on this movie? There's really not that much out there. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't find too much um, around the making or anything. I mean, it looks like it was pretty well reviewed. Um, people seem to like it, um, but yeah, no, that, that nothing else. What about you? No, I didn't really find much else, and it's probably for the best because we might spend more time going through all these plots mm-hmm. on the back end. Um, one last thing: so the those two guys who did the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff directed a sketch called This Means War, which was about two neighbors fighting over Halloween decorations. Mm-hmm. So there was a story that went viral in 2015 about a family in Parma, Ohio, that had these crazy gory Halloween decorations, and mm-hmm. the neighborhood was in an uproar. And I would recommend anyone to like Google scary Halloween decorations Ohio. <laughs> they're pretty crude. like they didn't go all out but it kind of yeah. was in this in the theme of the one dude in this segment um, the, the heavy metal dude or the the other the one? heavy metal dude uh like they had two bodies like hanging upside down that looked really real yeah and were all bloodied and gored and then they had what looked like a child's body like impaled on a spike <laughs> oh my god with like a neck go or a knife going through his neck yeah it was intense yeah yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. If I had a yard, I would, I'd probably try to do something like that. Do you do you go all out on your uh, decorations? No, although I was kind of thinking about it this year because I feel like we're a lot of times away for the holidays, so we don't really decorate that much for Christmas. Yeah. So uh, Halloween could be kind of fun to get into. You know that, that with this one and with trick or treat, like they show this reality where these kids live in these suburbs where like parents go nuts and decorating their place. Uh, places on Halloween and they're just like flocks of kids like all over the place and the last time like I was back in like Ohio on Halloween like it's pretty sparse I, I don't know do you remember like Halloween being like that dumping of a thing in the suburbs you know there are the houses that take it very seriously and then most people just have their porch light on giving yeah. out candy right yeah I feel like there's one ha- house like in every suburb probably that goes all the way 
but otherwise I don't think it's the norm, right? I don't think so. I'm sure some neighborhoods in certain places, I, I think there's like a neighborhood culture sometimes. Like one person does it, so the next guy's like, oh, I'm going to do it too. Uh, and then before yeah. you know it, the whole block has gone all out. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. There's actually a road. It's basically one street over from us that shuts down on Halloween to cars, mm-hmm. to vehicular mm-hmm. traffic pretty much. And every house goes all out. And wow, like half the city comes there and it's it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. We have a friend who lives on that street and they always throw a party and there is never not a trick-or-treater at the door. Like there's literally a line at the house. Wow. So that's the place to be on Halloween, huh? Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, um, Is there a candy game all the way up? Like are they, do they have the best candy in town? Yeah. It's always good candy too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What's your favorite Halloween candy? You know, I was just thinking about that. I would say Swedish fish, but no one ever hands out Swedish fish on Halloween. <laughs> I don't know why they don't. This is the second so, time you've mentioned Swedish fish on this yeah, podcast. They're just great, man. They're good for you. They're from Sweden. You know, it's, yeah, you can get those fatty acids. Alpha. Yeah, get those omegas. Alpha. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you, you have one? It sounds boring, but Snickers just always scratches the itch for me. Yeah. Stickers is great because if you're hungry, it fills you up too. It's like filling and like delicious. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups are usually pretty fun to get too. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'd love to go trick or treating again someday. I know. I wish we could have it all back. Well, you kind of get to now, right? Because you've got a baby, so no one's gonna question if you show up at a door, right? <laughs> Just like maybe you could slip me a little bit of that, or yeah, I'll eat my yeah. kids' candy. <laughs> exactly exactly just make sure sweet tooth was that is that the name of the villain in this one yeah 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 that's the first one we're gonna get to yeah so yeah before uh let's get to the plots of these but before we do there is one other local news story i found from uniontown ohio about a (laughs) dude it was a dude who didn't get along with his neighbors and he decorated his house with all those like fake tombstones yeah and he put the neighbor's family name on one of the fake tombstones. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, they had kids and stuff. Wow, that is grim. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, Did, did the police get called or something? The dude was a cop. Oh, God. But, yeah, the, a woman called the police chief, and they made him take it down. Yeah, I've been to Uniontown. That seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, small town. Nice, nice connections. Cool, to check cool. those stories out. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we're going to take a quick break, but I keep thinking I hear someone laughing behind me, so while we take the break, I might check this out real quick. Yeah, check it out, man. All right, thanks. Okay, we're back, and there's nothing back there, so I'm sure everything's fine, and that won't come back to bite me later when I go to relax on my couch. Yeah, yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to that one. But, uh, so we start off, it's an animated intro, which is common in these anthologies too, creep show, Christmas horror story, trick or treat. Um, yeah, actually, I thought the intro was really cool. Wasn't it kind of... Um, like uh, it was, it was like a tour of the town, maybe, and they were showing, uh, things like opening and closing doors. Yeah, it was like a tour of the town, and they would like zoom in on a house or something, and then it would all yeah. kind of pop up to make it look like a pop up book. Yep. And some scenes from the segment would be, or like you know, as if that segment was in a pop up book. Some yeah. themes, and then uh, it would say the title of that segment. Yeah, I thought that so was really it cool. gives you all ten segments titles right up front. Mm-hmm. And we hear uh, Adrian Barbeau talking on the on the radio. So the first one is called Sweet Tooth. So this one, a kid has just come home from trick-or-treating. The babysitter and the boyfriend tell him this urban legend about Sweet Tooth, who was once a kid whose parents wouldn't let him eat any of his Halloween candy. And then he came downstairs one night and discovered that they were eating all his candy, and in a rage, he killed them and ate all the candy, including what was already in their stomachs, which was just a gross way to push this <laughs> yeah. a little bit far. 
<laughs> and uh, so this kid, who they're telling the story to this kid, he's freaked out. He goes up to bed and he leaves a candy bar by his bedroom door just in case. Then we come back to the babysitter and the boyfriend. They eat all this kid's candy and they have like a stomach ache. And the babysitter leaves the room and comes back and she hears what sounds like her boyfriend puking. And she's like, oh, you're puking? And then she realizes that his like guts have been torn out through his mouth. And so Sweet Tooth has got him and Sweet Tooth kills the babysitter. He like rips out their stomachs. But Mikey, the little boy, is safe because you just see Sweet Tooth's hand grab the candy bar and leave. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a fun opener actually, um, and and I, I liked uh, it, it was very simple. I, and and you're right, like they they went an extra step forward with uh, having him eat like the candy out of his uh, parents' uh, bellies. I, I didn't see that coming. That was pretty disgusting. Yeah, and I think that's where the comedy comes in for this one is just like silly and over the top. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> way over the top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I thought Sweet Tooth like he, he looked pretty scary and and one one scene I liked a lot was where the babysitter is like yelling for the kid upstairs and you see her like through a door and then she goes running and then like this monster is like just like running behind her. Oh yeah, I forgot that scene. Yeah, that was kind of a good jump scare. Yeah, that, that was kind of like your first like full view of of uh, Sweet Tooth and is is a good one. Yeah, I thought this was a great way to kick things off. It was like suspenseful, scary, silly, gory. Yeah, uh, yeah. And actually, this kind of like sounds like a folklore, a tale that could stick. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. It's kind of an original little story. Yeah, it is. It is. I, yeah, I'd never heard that one before. Yeah, me neither. All right, I'm going to blast through these. I'm going to keep my eye on the time. Uh, the next one's called The Night Billy Raised Hell. So all these kids prank an old man, and he grabs one of them named Billy. And Billy's wearing like a little red devil costume. And this old man tells Billy he's going to teach him a lesson. So then we cut to a montage of this guy and this little boy dressed in a le- red devil costume terrorizing the neighborhood. And they look like they're having fun doing it. So you're like, oh, maybe he's just a cool old man and he's like taking this kid out for the night of his life. And then their pranks are like escalating to the point where they're like killing people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, like robbing convenience stores. and <laughs> Yeah, this kid's like shooting people. And so then they have this wild night and they get home and when they get home, we see Billy tied to a chair. So clearly Billy wasn't this kid we saw with the Red Devil costume. And the Red Devil kid takes off his mask and reveals that he's this little like monster or demon. And the lesson taught is basically that the whole neighborhood now thinks Billy did all these horrible things. And then in Wikipedia, they said they let Billy free and he's shot by the cops. I don't know if I remember that. Uh, I is that what happened? Oh, you know, he like walks out into the yard and he's surrounded by a bunch of cop cars and yeah. I think the scene goes dark, and I think you hear like a shot at some point. Do you point. hear a gunshot? Okay. I think so. But like, what? It, yeah, that was that, that part was kind of a stretch. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you shoot a kid. Yeah, yeah, you shoot an unarmed kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sadly, that's good. not a stretch anymore. <laughs> that's true. Um, um, there was a, f- uh, a cameo in here by, was it Adrian Curry? Yeah, is she like a reality TV star or something? Uh, yeah, or like a model or something. Uh, that was just really random. I can I can I don't know who she was. That's I like feel Google like she's or. from one of those like America's Top Model shows or something. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Did this one remind you of Little Monsters at all? Oh, uh, the TV show. Uh, the movie. Oh, the movie. Oh, was you know, it a TV saw, show? No, I never saw the the, the movie. Oh, uh, Little Monsters was, was a staple in my household. It's basically yeah. Howie Mandel uh, is a monster under Fred Savage's bed. Wow. Howie Mandel, the guy from uh, the game show? Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. That's Strange. awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I thought this one had a nice twist at the end, um, but it was just kind of like an entertaining one. Yeah, I thought this one was like one of the more fun ones. Uh, throughout this one, like when they would uh, like do stuff, or, like play pranks, it would play like a lot of those cartoonish noises. Yeah. Um, so they, they were definitely trying to go over the top with this one, I think. Yeah, they were laying on the comedy, and I, I definitely got a chuckle or two. Yeah, good slapstick. Okay, so the next segment is called Trick. Uh, a house of adults is passing out candy to trick-or-treaters, and they bec- they like start being terrorized by this batch of trick-or-treating kids who start killing them. And it's later revealed that these adults have been kidnapping kids and gouging out their eyes and like weird crap just for fun. And the kids get their revenge and kill all these adults. Yeah, what did you think of this one? 
This one was like a bit more intense. Yeah. Uh, I still think it was a bit tongue in cheek, but it, it was a bit more serious and pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this one uh, out of the three so far was probably the most suspenseful and, and you didn't have like any supernatural things going on here. This is just like these kids, uh, stalking and murdering this group of, uh, adults at home. I, yeah. This I one kind of had like a slasher vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah. Slashes almost kind of like the strangers in a way, just like, yeah, torture. yeah. It did have a little bit of a stranger's vibe. Yeah. I didn't think they needed to, uh, at the end, show that like the adults had been torturing kids. Like That felt like an unnecessary plot point. Yeah, you know, it could have been better if it was just like, oh, crap, it's these messed up kids killing all these adults. Yeah, yeah, these that kids w- are going around just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. Um, also a good one. Uh, one scene in this I thought was particularly brutal was one of the kids puts rat killer in a guy's mouth and then tapes oh. his mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, and that guy's like mouth started foaming up. Yeah, yikes. Is that how that works? Uh, every time I've done it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a little after foam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one, I, I thought this one was just okay. Oh, really? Def- okay. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, it, I liked the tone of the other ones a little bit better. Yeah, I don't know. This this one to me like felt like more of the scarier on the on the scarier side and more suspenseful side than yeah. uh, some of the other ones. But yeah, yeah, for sure, I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one, the weak and the wicked. Uh, teenage bullies are beating up this kid in an alley, and they're interrupted by another teenager who hands them a drawing of the devil, kind of. Which and the drawing looks just like the costume that this teenager is wearing. This teenager is Kier Gilcrest from It Follows. So he hands him this drawing and he says the devil will come to aid the weak if they wear this costume. And so they then chase down this kid, try to beat him up, and it's revealed kind of in a flashback that as kids, they burn down this guy's trailer home with his parents in it. And so they have him cornered and they're about to kill him and then the devil comes and kills these bullies and you see like blood splatter on Kier Gilchrist's face and he smiles and then it's over. I notice a lot of these kind of have a theme of redemption or like oh. re- retribution. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Like there's always kind of like uh, someone who wins at the end or like gets back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bad crowd. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of this one? This, this one was one of the weaker ones for me. It was just a very straightforward storyline and like the effect on the, the monster was cool. Like they, they did him up pretty well, but uh, there wasn't much else to this. So did, did you find anything good in it? Yeah, I didn't really find anything wrong with it, but it just it didn't wow me. It was just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Uh, I feel pretty like true. the the worst of these segments are just kind of there. They're not necessarily bad to me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll they're get just to. There. <laughs> What's that? They're just there. They're not. They're they're, not they're just they just there. exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, come on! I mean, like, I feel like when you're watching a movie, you gotta have uh, you gotta expect something out of it. You know, like here's, here's a movie that's been. Uh, like, you know, someone put the short story together, they're directing it, and they're, people are acting in it, and it just, you know, if if, if they're just going to, you know, kind of dial it in, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it makes, the story moves along and everything, but I, I didn't get, like, any great emotions from this one, or any highs or lows. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Like, they can't all pack a crazy punch, but sure. it's yeah. also like, oh, if you only got, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe you yeah. want to do something cooler, I, I, but you know, maybe some people thought this one was one of the best. Yeah, maybe maybe some people have bad taste for sure. Different strokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I think the next one is one of my favorites. This one's called Grim Grinning Ghost. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's a woman at a Halloween party where they tell a story. I think it's actually her mom's Halloween party, and her mom mm-hmm. is Lynn Shea from Insidious. And her mom's telling this story about a ghost that like walks behind you and laughs, but you can't turn around and look at her or you'll die. Mm-hmm. So this woman's kind of spooked and on the walk home, sure enough, she hears the laughter. We see like a gray outline following her in the fog and she makes it all the way to her front door without turning around. And then like an idiot turns around, like once she opens the front door mm-hmm. uh, and then later we get some, 
maybe some like tension in the house like she closes the bathroom mirror which is always like potential jump scare but nothing happens the bathroom door opens but it's just her dog and then later she sits down on her couch and we get a jump scare as the ghost is sitting right next to her on the couch yeah yep i actually thought this one was kind of scary and suspenseful but it sounds like you disagree well, I, you know, I actually missed the connection between the story that they're telling at the beginning <laughs> and there's, so now that when you put it that way, it actually, it makes a lot more sense. So to me, it just felt like random. Like she's at a Halloween party, she goes home and there's like a ghost sitting next to her, the end. Uh, but that, now, now if you frame it up with the story, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. In your defense, it was like a whole two minutes after this story. So you probably forgot yeah. about it by then. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, what I thought was happening, I thought they were all a bunch of witches, because when she, like, leaves the house, and, like, the her sisters walk out, or whoever else was there, walk out in, like, witches' costumes, and her mother's like, oh, are you still driving that old, uh, you know, that, that junk car? I thought she was referring to the fact, like, they're all witches, and they get to fly away on these brooms, meanwhile, like, she's driving a, a Ford or something, but um, I guess they weren't witches. That wasn't the case. Yeah, I was actually kind of being sarcastic when I said the whole a whole two minutes had passed. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the whole two minutes had passed. <laughs> For the, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think maybe you're right. Maybe this was actually a, a good one. Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, that probably was a little weird to you if you didn't connect it us there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I missed that that uh, that, that that connection, but. Um, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I, th- I thought the ending scare was effective, like how you don't see her and then she like moves her arm and suddenly that that ghost is there and just like smiling at her. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. all the all the like baddies in this looked pretty good in all these segments. Yeah, yeah. They did a good job with all that stuff. The next one is called Ding Dong. A woman wants a child. Uh, she wants to have a baby, but her and her husband can't have one. And she's essentially trying to kidnap a child on Halloween as trick-or-treaters come to the door. And her husband won't let her. And it's kind of revealed that she may have, like, some sort of demonic side to her personality. We get, like, shots of her, like, as a demon every once in a while. And she eventually it ends by her pushing her husband, who's dressed as Hansel. Or Hansel? Hansel and Gretel? Into the oven. Yeah. And I thought this one was kind of weak. Yeah, this is also one of my least favorite ones. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't really understand, like, the whole husband-wife interplay. Um, like, why was he... Because the, the, the first they show, like, the uh, Halloween from a year ago, then they show Halloween of this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get it. Yeah, like, it kind of fell flat to me. Yeah. He, he didn't want to be helping her do this, um, but he's, like, still hanging out. And she's like a witch. And apparently she also dies at the end. Like she melts or something. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Was... Wikipedia said that and I didn't remember it. Yeah, I kind of remember her. Um, something happening to her. But I don't know how. It didn't, didn't really explain it. But yeah, this, this was a weak one. I did think Pollyanna McIntosh, the actress here, was doing a really good job. Oh, of playing like this crazy woman who's like kind of a witch and kid crazy? Yeah, it was like really over the top, but... Yeah, uh, I think she did it well. Yeah, what's what is she from? Uh, she was not from anything really that I had seen. Oh, oh okay. I just stated her name because I felt like she was one of the people who had. There was like a few stories that really kind of depended on an actor, and I think this yeah. was one of them. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think maybe she was actually trying to eat a child rather than wanting to have one that was yeah. what wikipedia insinuated yeah i think you're right i uh, missed she, that one she did want to eat a child the husband was trying to um sabotage her efforts um but he wasn't doing that good of a job and then at the end he like admits that you know he made himself uh i mean he, he got a surgery so that they couldn't have a kid um and then she just kills him i mean like yeah well, I mean, why, why didn't he just run away like a lot or like you know break up like a long time before this yeah yeah this one was just a little bit off yeah um and this one is where we see the trick-or-treaters from the uh the trick segment where all the kids are killing the adults right and Mm -hmm. i think some other characters from other segments show up at the door too i think you're right Mm -hmm. so slight tie-in yep uh the next one this means war 
a middle-aged guy arguing with a neighbor over Halloween decorations. He's like the middle-aged guy has like classic decorations, like tombstones and Frankenstein and spider webs. And then there's this like dude in his twenties, who's got just a super gory display and he's like blaring metal music. And they end up getting into this elaborate fist fight with a bunch of onlookers cheering them on. And then they eventually both fall onto a wood spike and they're both impaled. And (laughs) this one was just kind of like a, super quick short yeah. entertaining one um do you say entertaining i think it was meant to be i didn't love it yeah i uh, i didn't either there, what, there wasn't any think? substance here it was, it was just uh two guys like fighting over halloween decorations yeah uh, yeah like yeah. so when we say horror comedy i think this one was trying to hit more on the comedy side but was it that funny like was it that funny to watch like these two dudes fight each other uh no i don't think so this one it was trying to be funny but i don't think it was that hilarious i don't think it was so not funny that it was frustrating Mm -hmm. uh like i feel like the emotion you might have towards this one is an emotion i often have in horror comedies where i'm like (laughs) this isn't not only is this not that funny it's like actively unfunny yeah yeah it's just kind of boring to sit there sure yeah uh, I didn't necessarily feel that way about this one, but I, I get it if you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, the, the comedy you would expect, like in a wrestling match or something. I just, oh, great. Now they're fighting. And, uh, now this guy's down. Oh, that guy's down. Oh, he punched him. Oh, that guy got impaled or whatever. Impaled. Yeah. yeah. Luckily that one was pretty short. Yeah, it was. Uh, the next one, Friday the 31st. This one I think is another one that was really just going for comedy. Yeah. Um, so there's this Jason Voorhees looking killer who's chasing a woman. He kills her. And then after he kills her, a spaceship hovers overhead and delivers this like cute, tiny CG alien who says trick or treat to Jason. And Jason's like baffled and is trying to tell the alien he has no candy. And then he just eventually gets frustrated and squashes the alien with his foot. And then we see the alien with this like crappy cg animation go into this woman's dead body and then she's like reanimated with these glowing green eyes uh which was kind of cool did you get a jump scare during that uh yeah i thought that was a pretty freaky visual actually yeah her body like just jerks up yeah uh like a vampire out of the coffin and has these glowing green eyes and she's like screaming yeah and so she starts like chasing Jason and then they start this elaborate fight where they're like cutting each other's arms off with chainsaws. Uh, there's like blood and gore everywhere and they eventually decapitate each other. And then it ends with the alien coming out of the woman's body and he's beamed back up to his spaceship and he takes Jason's head with him. (laughs) Oh, he took Jason's head with them. Yeah. Uh, I missed that. Yeah. And this isn't actually Jason, but it's clearly a spoof. Yeah, that's what this one felt like, like a, a spoof or a parody off of uh, Friday the 13th for sure. Yeah. What do you think of this one? Uh, it was it was entertaining. I, th- I think it was good because, it yeah, I, it, was, it was pretty over the top, didn't take itself seriously, and took uh, Jason into like a new kind of light that we'd never uh, thought of or, or see him in. So that, that was kind of fun. But what did yeah. you think? Yeah, I really liked it too. This is definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Yeah. I like it because it's kind of making fun of like a, your typical scary movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. As as listeners know, we both think Friday the Thirteenth is overrated, so maybe we <laughs> took some joy in seeing. Yeah, we should we should recommend this one to Jason to watch. Yeah, our friend Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure he's seen this one. Yeah, probably. Okay, next one is called The Ransom of Rusty Rex. Two kidnappers capture a millionaire's son for ransom only to find out that the dad doesn't want his son back and it's revealed that this kid is actually a little monster slash demon and these kidnappers try to kill it multiple times. It keeps coming back and eventually it ends up eating one of them and we end on the other kidnapper like screaming in horror as he finds his half-consumed buddy. (laughs) Uh, This one was fairly entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I, I like the two guys who drew, who were like the main actors here. Yeah, thought, yeah, th- yeah. They played like good standard criminal buffoons. Yeah, exactly. This is like their first time kidnapping. They're nervous about it. There's like good dialogue between them, and then the whole thing where they're trying. It was pretty funny when they're trying to get the ransom, and the guy keeps hanging up on them. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's good good acting there that carried in. It's a good story. Yeah, yeah, this was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final story, which is, I think, probably the longest, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And almost had the feel of kind of like a wraparound story, even though it didn't have anything to do with, um, it wasn't shown at the beginning or anything like a wraparound story typically is. But a detective tries to put a stop to this spooky, genetically altered, man-eating jack-o'-lantern that's terrorizing the town. Uh, she succeeds, and then her and her partner go to investigate the corporation that made the pumpkin. It and The segment ends as the detectives see that there's an entire warehouse full of these pumpkins that are presumably waiting to come alive and kill people. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought this was maybe one of, maybe the best one. Oh, really? Or one of the best. And yeah. this is one I thought was funny that I was thinking maybe you didn't think was quite as funny <laughs> as I thought. Yeah, I don't think I got it. What was, what was the funny part in this one? I think the part that I thought was funniest was there's a moment where she's chasing this jack-o'-lantern. The jack-o'-lantern is just, it looks really silly and it's over the top. Yeah. This like mutant pumpkin. Yeah. And it runs into this area where a whole bunch of other jack-o'-lanterns are. And then so you get this scene where she's like walking around with a gun wondering which one is the mutant pumpkin, which I think was a little bit tongue in cheek just because that scene has been in so many movies and horror movies where like maybe like a slasher type character Uh, is in this attic with a bunch of dummies and the dummies all have sheets (laughs) over it and you don't know which is going to move. Yeah. And it was just kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah, This mutant pumpkin. I, I thought that was kind of a nice way to spoof that. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that, that was the funny part? Uh, that was funny. And then there is like a police. It starts with the pumpkin like eating this dude in his house. Yeah. And then the cops are all on the scene and the detective comes in and <laughs> takes a look at the sketch artist's sketch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you're not going to believe this, but. Yeah. And hands it over to her. And it's like a big cartoon jack-o'-lantern with arms. <laughs> uh, that's true. That is really funny, actually. <laughs> And then later back at the station, some guy comes up to her and he's like, hey, uh, we were able to make a 3D model based on the bike mar- bite marks on this guy. And then he holds it up and goes, looks familiar. And it's just like oh, the side yeah. of a pumpkin. <laughs> oh, man, that is a lot of fun. That's pretty funny, actually. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe me. I'm just that funny that me telling it to you is funnier than... <laughs> I know. I don't know why I was watching. I was just, like, so bored. <laughs> like, right, I get it. You'd pumpkin. Like, where, where's the, where are the scares at? Uh, it's crazy how much uh, viewing can be affected just by, like, your mood or yeah. whether or not you just got up to go to the bathroom and came back or... Yeah, what you're expecting. Like, I, I don't yeah. think I was expecting comedy. I was expecting, like, something scary. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. That That, that is pretty absurd that you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I thought I thought that one was really well produced too. They, these were all like really well uh, shot. Like none of it like looked terribly amateurish or anything. Yeah, agreed. It was high production values. And actually, this one, Bad Seed, the last segment, the one we just described, is directed by Neil Marshall from The Descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, and then like and it wraps up, right? Yeah, and it, it wraps up basically with the shot of like this sprawling warehouse with all these pumpkins. And then the radio announcer comes back. And uh, I think she'd been there the whole time, like in between the segments. Yeah, she usually, if not for every segment, every once in a while at the beginning of a segment, she would come in and set it up. Yeah, right. Her voice. Um, yeah, I just, I don't get the whole thing about these these anthologies that are like uh, tied together by like a radio segment. Who's listening to the radio on Halloween? Like, are, are these like popular shows that go on uh, on Halloween night? I'm DJs. not sure yeah. what what started the radio announcer trend. I, I wonder if there's a certain movie that started that. Yeah, they all just because like it seems like Creepshow definitely started the like comic booky cartoony aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Maybe there's one before that did so. Yeah. Um, but wow, I just completely lost my train of thought. I mean, they've some of the oldest ones do have narrators. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's kind of just a nice way to work in a narrator without it being super corny. Sure. Yeah, like this presence on the radio that's uh, talking to everyone in this town as the night progresses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I don't know if you remember when we watched um, Black Sabbath, there was like a narrator standing in in front of the TV. And like Twilight Zone's like that too. Yeah. 
Oh, um, yeah. With what's his face? Rod Serling standing there. And I think if you did that now, it would be pretty corny. So you've got to find a way to work in the voice. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like the, the radio thing was kind of corny. Um, and I wasn't terribly into that. But actually, since a lot of these are tongue in cheek, it probably would work really well to just have like a person standing in front of like <laughs> a spooky yeah. setting. Yeah. Might as well go all out and yeah, have someone like walk onto the, the set each time the story ends. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yep. Okay, man. Well, what do you think of this? Um, you know, yeah, I thought, I thought production value was really good. And I, you know, even through talking, uh, through it, I'm like, so there were 10 here. I think we agreed like seven are pretty good, but there were three that were kind of weak, like the neighbor one, um, the, the three, uh, of the, uh, the, 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 the wicked, right. The wicked something. And then, um, the, the one with the Hansel and Gretel, or the, the wife who played the role of like a witch, uh, and her husband was Hansel. So that's, that's a 70%, which is, it's pretty good, but did, could they have just like, you know, only done seven shorts? Like, did they have to have 10 in there? And maybe with without those other three, they could have packed in more time to those seven. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there was some here that were kind of weak and brought down the rest a little bit, but otherwise I thought it was pretty decent. What do, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was really good. I, I thought it was a lot of fun and entertaining. It was entertainingly gory, like in a silly over the top way. Mm-hmm. And I had quite a few LOLs and, um, <laughs> some of them were, were pretty spooky and kind of scary too. Uh-huh. So yeah, I thought well, it was, it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, which ones did you think were like the scariest though? The scariest I thought, Hmm. The grim, grim grinning ghost. Sure. Yeah. The end of that. Yeah. That was... Uh, I thought sweet tooth had some scariest moments. Mm. Yeah. That's and, uh, I think trick trick, I guess, even though I didn't love that one, it was pretty tense. Yeah. Yeah. I think those three were kind of like the tense ones. The other ones are kind of silly. Yeah. So, so just doing the math again. So we have 10, three that we can agree weren't that great. Three that had tense moments. Uh, that leaves us with four left that were entertaining, I guess. Right. Uh, debatably. I don't like what you're doing here. <laughs> you don't like the math that we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So go, go ahead with your calculation. I'm going to tell you the scale is zero to five. Oh, I didn't come up with one for this zero to five pieces of candy eaten from someone else's stomach. Ooh, God, that's, that's, that's gross, man. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, so if, if three out of ten were scary and then another four were saying were entertaining, so I'll, I'll give those half boys, I'll, like, I'll give it a 60%. So on a scale of five, I'll, I'll give it, I'll, yeah, I'll give it three out of five. Three out of five uh, candy out of people's stomach. All right. I give it a four pieces of candy eaten out of someone else's stomach because I don't think you can really reduce it like that. Like, they are part of a bigger, they're part of a movie, yeah. And so, like, I don't think you can just analyze each one separately and add them up. I mean, you can. I, I get it where you're coming from. but You get you get where math comes from. Yeah, I, I understand math. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that, like, any movie has, like, its, it's b- more boring parts or calmer parts. Like, sure. it might have been a little, I don't know, it would have, like, less of a movement to it, like, if it was, like, all awesome all the time. I mean... Really? Yeah, that would have been great. It probably could have gotten it like a five for me if every story was as yeah. good as like the Friday the 31st story. But like, I respect that it had kind of like waves and ins and outs. Yeah. I mean, what, what you're saying makes a lot of sense for like a, a normal movie. Like you're going to have slower parts, like in a heightened other parts. But I, I feel like when you do an anthology or when you're telling short stories, um, every story like needs to be standalone and, and good. And that's the whole benefit of like a short story format is every time you get to hit the reset button, start again and, and tell a new story. So I, I, don't, I don't know if those slow moments, um, you know, are, are really necessary in those types of uh, contexts. Yeah, true, true. I see that. But I would say I don't think that there were any that were straight up bad. They were just not as strong as some of the others. Even the witch one, the witch at the door? The, the witch one may have bordered right, on bad. Sure. Yeah. Fair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess the other ones were at least tolerable. That that one was gonna eh, put a bad taste in my mouth. How does this stack up to trick or treat for you? Uh, you know, I, I I don't think we were crazy about trick or treat, were we? No, we weren't. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I gotta give, like, I mean, I liked the fact that there were fewer stories, but I, I think this one might have been actually a little more fun. But I don't know. What, yeah. do you, what do you think? I like this one way more than Trick or Treat. Yeah. I did a uh, Twitter poll putting these two ahead of each other, and it was a tie. Really? Or putting these two head to head. Yeah. Wow. It, it was. We don't have many Twitter followers, so it only had six <laughs> six people vote. But. It was like one to one. It was like me and, and you. <laughs> yeah, it was like you and my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's interesting. Because, yeah, they, they both are anthologies, but they, they're these differences between them that make it uh, make all the difference, I think. It's interesting. Yeah, I think that people say trick-or-treat is a lot of fun. I've, I felt like it really wasn't, and I thought that this one achieved what trick-or-treat was trying to do yeah i think you're right yep yeah trick-or-treat i don't think when as over the top as this one did and segments are definitely a lot longer um i think it took itself a little more seriously than this one did yeah without being more scary yeah exactly <laughs> just more serious seems scary. Yeah. yeah okay well anything else man before we start to close up shop here no no it's good good halloween uh, pick enjoyed it yeah Cool. Uh, do we have enough confidence to say what what the next episode's going to be? Um, yeah, let's say it. Let's announce it. I think it's going to be the Terrifier. Yes. Uh, In keeping with our theme yeah. of things that happen on Halloween. I think that one happens on Halloween. I saw that online somewhere. So <laughs> we're gonna watch it and find out. It's like it takes place oh, on Christmas. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, Well, that's all for this episode, folks. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion about Tales of Halloween. Uh, And if you want to join the discussion or tell us why Trick or Treat is a way better movie, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter. Uh, Shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. And be sure to check Facebook or Twitter for the movies that we're doing the next week. We already told you that next week we're doing The Terrifier. Uh, maybe you should check Facebook or Twitter in case we screw up <laughs> or delete the episode on accident. Uh, yeah, our logo's done by Amy May Pop Art, so check her out on Etsy.com, especially if you want to buy any fun horror art for this Halloween season. And until next time, if you go overboard with your Halloween decorations, uh, make sure it's at least a setup that's a safe environment for a fist fight because it's bound to happen, especially if you live in Northeast Ohio. Oh,